So if you thought we did a good job of actually talking about movies recently, well, that's all going to change. Nikki's back. Nikki, what um, stand-up comedian are you going to take us to this week? What are we talking about? <laughs> uh, the King's back, mate. The King's back. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to be talking about stand-up comedians, mate. I phoned you enough to do that. Talk about yeah. Bobby Lee all the time. Yeah. And remember, I, t- I thought we were on the phone the other day and I went to tell you a nice innocent story about something. You were like, oh, not as non McDonald's story. <laughs> you didn't even know it was Norm McDonald's. Like, I've heard this story. About him, whatever it was, and I was like, "That's not even that's not even the right person." You yeah, know? but I've heard that you do repeat stories. You've gotten a bit, um, what's the word for it? Neurotic, um, a bit senile. I've, you know? I've got a bit neurotic. I think that's been quite it's, a while. Aye, but it's, it's increasingly getting worse. Uh, it has to be said. <laughs> You're forgetting more and more. There you go. Repeating yourself like a grandparent. Um, Scott is Scott is here. Uh, fresh off those Mandalorian reviews, uh, you loved them. You demanded them back. The fresh takes... off his brilliant, his brilliant showing in the quiz as well. <laughs> <laughs> My God, storming through Scott, those, those Scott, questions. How, how does it feel to have been so highly touted yet fail so spectacularly in two years back to back? It's uh, a wee bit of a gut punch. Wasn't expecting. <laughs> I was expecting yeah, to get Scott, fallen. I got through a good cheer rounds. Yeah, buddy. yeah. It was, uh, was cruising. I know. I think I get three questions, and then that was me. I didn't know how it worked. To be fair, trough. Like some people are getting asked like eight questions, and then I appear, and then right away I'm busted out. No, everyone got five questions each round. Five um, questions per round. Scott, to be fair to you, you were in. Uh, I'm saying this because I was in it. You were in a strong heat. We were, we were all doing quite well, man. <laughs> Say that because I was in it. Jeez, oh, I. But it was Kieran who knocked all three of you out. Um, I have to say, I was Oh my god, mate, gonna stop fucking licking Kieran's arse, man. The I whole way with... through that quiz, you're like, Kieran, Kieran, you're doing so well, Kieran, Kieran, that's another round, Kieran. He honestly, he didn't get that much further than other people. No offence to Kieran. No, he didn't. Well, that's a complete lie. Do you want me to send you the spreadsheet? He got through like 14, 15 rounds. He dominated How the first go? half. Torres but... done that? Aye, Torres did like 10. Torres did really well. Um, and it's it's clear to see who the better half of our Star Wars team is out of Torres and Scott just based I, on that performance I wouldn't know I left but really yeah nah well anyway we're going to be talking about Star Wars all this month don't forget to follow us on Twitter uh, we're on Facebook Instagram at First Time Films check out our new YouTube channel FTYT uh, each of the three um, full time young team yeah, the young team. I check out the young team on YouTube. Uh, each of our three channels will be doing something there monthly, but over at First Time Films, much to the chagrin of many of our members, we are doing the sequel trilogy this one, starting with The Boo. Force Awakens. A clear abuse of my power, giving myself the best one to start. Uh, this was the first Star Wars movie uh, to come out in the Disney era back in 2015, directed by J.J. Abrams. Uh, stars Daisy Ridley, um, Adam Driver, John Boyega, Oscar Isaac, and then your old favourites, Harrison Ford, Mark Hamill, and the legendary Carrie Fisher. Do any of you have the Wikipedia page in front of you? No. Oh yeah, mate, I always have it. I carry Good. it around with me. So I can play what we game this week. So it was made for a budget of roughly $306 million. How much do you think it made? Uh, Scott, start with you. I don't know these things. I, like, as you said, the number right there it just like, went right out my head. So it was made for 306. How much do you think it made at the box office? Ugh. 763. Okay, okay, Nicky. 2 billion. I know this. Yeah, it's $2.068 billion. 
and uh, the movie made in cinemas. Yeah, so it's got well off the mark again. Need to work in this Star Wars trivia market. It has, to, it has to be said. <laughs> Come on, Scott. Juno made that. Star Wars is going to storm that. <laughs> yeah, so take yourself back to 2015. I remember how excited I was. But Nikki, what were your thoughts? You've obviously you've watched the trailer. You know you're going to the cinema. Popcorn, ice blast, ready to go. What were your thoughts going in to watching the Force uh, Awakens for the first time? Oh, mate, I was so buzzing. I remember seeing the... And obviously, at this point, you didn't think you were getting any Star Wars again. Yeah. Apart from the Clone Wars. Yeah. And that was it. That was all you were getting. You weren't getting any movies. And then, it obviously, all the trailers, it looked brilliant. And then it came out. We all went to see it. There was, like, so many of us mm-hmm. went to see it. Well organised by me. Yeah. Was we had a couple of pints before it, and I was knackered. <laughs> like, it just me for some reason. Jesus, something's falling behind me. Um, I, I was buzzing for it, and then I remember kind of liking it, but I wasn't. I don't think I was ever blown away by it. I think there's loads yeah. of criticism to have. Fair, fair. We'll get into those criticisms, but Scott, were you equally as hyped up uh, for Force Awakens when it was coming out as Nicky? Oh, I mate. I, I don't know how many times I watched that trailer. It was so good. And like the design of everything you saw, like Kylo Ren and the stormtroopers looked amazing. Yeah, and it's just like they're playing off nostalgia a lot, though. Obviously, mm. they're playing off it a lot. And then, as Nikki says, like even the first time I went to see it, it's got a strong start, but then it just kind of, kind of, I don't know, it just kind of loses its appeal as it goes on. You're like, we've seen this yeah. twice. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. To be it's fair, like a lot of the same footsteps as um, the previous movies. To be fair, that's a criticism of what people have in it, and I want to get into deeper of that later on. Whether that's a good or a bad thing, or whether it was a necessary thing at the time. But I remember, I you're right, Nicky. I was fucking steaming going at that movie. I think I had four steins in Barbaria. Uh, before it, where we went, Aye, was that not, was back in your dark days, man. My dark days. I've ever left the dark yeah. days. Like, no, you're actually <laughs> sinking back into. Better <laughs> <laughs> watch myself. This podcast is now an intervention. Um, but I actually, I think I seen this three times. I went back and uh, two times after we saw it. I was a big fan of the Force Awakens, um, and part of that was to do with mostly the way the new characters were handled but the fav- my favourite part of the trailers when it came out was the trailer where we got uh, Han and Chewie going back in the Falcon you know for the first time in years and they get that line Chewie we're home um, so I want to ask this question to start us off because a lot of the criticism came from it was trying to meld new and old and maybe didn't do as successful a job of it as it hoped uh, Scott I'll come to you first who do you like better in this movie, the orig- original series characters that come back or the new characters that make their debut in The Force Awakens? Oh, uh, this is the thing with this movie, though, isn't it? Like They set up all the new um, characters and stuff to be promising and then they don't really do anything with it beyond that and end up mm. relying too heavily on the original cast. So I would, uh, I like these char- the new characters well enough that I'd want to delve further into like, a better backstory and all that, but this is just the thing. Like, It's hard to talk about this movie without talking about the rest of the trilogy because mm. it's just all over the place. And yeah. So all these characters, they're set up quite interesting at the start and there's nothing really behind them because yeah. there's nothing linking these movies. It's, a, it's just a, well, where do we go from here? I don't know. We'll just quickly fling it together. 
But I, w- I, w- I would argue, though, in this first movie, they set them up fairly well. Like, Nikki, I don't know what you think of uh, the three new characters, obviously. I'm, t- I'm talking about Daisy Ridley's Ray, John Baiega's Finn, uh, and Paul Daminen, you know, plays by Oscar Isaac. Like, out of the three of them, who do you think got the best introduction in The Force Awakens? Uh, Paul Dameron, but I had a point about what Scott was saying. So, okay. here was my issue, right, was the reason you like Ahsoka and the Clone Wars but the reason I liked Ahsoka and the Clone Wars was because she was handled well so what she didn't they didn't rely on her being Anakin's sidekick there were stories mm. what she was doing and you get introduced to her you're never going to like see John Boyega and just be like right I really care what happens to this character it's the whole build up and once you're then going oh there's Han Solo and there's Millennium Falcon you're never going to care as much if it was happening with a random stormtrooper you've just met mm. Mm. I don't know. I disliked what they done with his character as well. I liked the, the character, but I've said this the other day, right? I know you're going to disagree with me, right? It is so unrealistic after all the things you've watched in Star Wars that he's just suddenly really good for a lightsaber. I mean, see, I, I, I just do that on something as well, wasn't it? He just randomly picks up a, all these things you've watched of these people that have years of training. This elegant weapon, he just picks up and starts swinging it at people. Yeah, but it doesn't. It doesn't ever end well for him. Is the point I make to you? He gets, he, he gets through quite a bit. No, he doesn't. He fights the stormtrooper outside Maz's castle and gets his ass kicked off a stormtrooper with a, a shock thingy, right? And then he gets his ass kicked off Kylo Ren, right? He doesn't. He holds do his own against Kylo Ren. He doesn't way. hold his own against Kylo Ren. No, it's the equivalent. Is the equivalent of Spike Dudley getting like two kicks in on Batista before getting fucking flattened through a table? No, it's is not. What it was. It's it not. was. But you've got these fights in the like, even the first one, mate. Darth Maul and Qui Gon Jinn, where it is like so elegant. Then you just get them like hitting each other. They just like like as if it's really heavy. Do you know what I mean? They're just swinging these lightsabers about. It just looks terrible. I well, don't know who decided to make it look like that. I want to go back to Finn's origin because I actually uh, come back to Scott for this one. We've discussed, obviously, check out season two of Mandalorian reviews and FTTV, and we talked about how that show does a good job of of playing in the grey areas of Star Wars. And I do think that that story um, of this this stormtrooper in the First Order, you know, challenging the views for the first time and not really wanting to be there, was one that ultimately had to be told and it's one we'd speculated on for years like oh like how many of the stormtroopers actually you know knew what they were doing or cared about what they were I doing never really it's just a job as people in the first yeah. ones did you exactly so scott what what do you think about that like is there something in that story that just what do you think in the force awakens wasn't handled well is there something you wish had been done differently or did you like finn's arc throughout this movie finn is one of the most frustrating characters for probably everyone because of how mishandled he is because it's a great concept it's really interesting and uh, even in Mando like you're saying you see a wee bit more character from Imperials but then like he just starts slaying stormtroopers like there's no kind of in his head um there must be other people like me Hmm. so you you think that or oh that's interesting there's a stormtrooper that doesn't want to be one but he's 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 not really got kind of any empathy it seems to other towards other stormtroopers he's just yeah. like See, there's, he just there's a, there's, the same sorry. way that we have for the last um well like six movies or something they're just like completely disposable like right away there's no gray area in his mind right. seemingly 
it's just he's just like well I'll, I'll join the other it just goes right back to being black and white where I'll join the rebels or resistance and I'll just start slaying them along with everyone else yeah. it's a it's a weird one yeah okay there's there, there is a there's a deleted scene that is when they go we see when they're sneaking in I can't even remember what the thing's called in it I can't remember stuck on base yeah, when they're sneaking into that, he's in a lift and he sees like a stormtrooper that recognises him. Mm-hmm. And then he's like looking at him, being like, please don't do this. And then the guy says, like, oh, I'm glad you got that promotion or something like that. It's like, meant to be a funny scene. Yeah. But that would change everything. Because then you're like, well, like Scott was saying, there is other people that are like him that aren't just like blindly following the leaders. Yeah. That he's, he's in it as like working in there and he's still kind of backed him up. Yeah. But then it makes it even more stupid because then you're like, well, that's probably why he's deleted. Because then you're like, well, why is he killing? Why is he up for killing all these people? I think that's the thing because, like, you still need to have, the, to an extent, the stormtroopers as this, you know, disposable threat. You know, that the, the, the heroes can dispatch fairly easily and you're killed and you're not meant to be attached to them. And it's it's a fine line, I think. You know, I think Scott's got it bang in the head that, you know, it's a really interesting story you'd like to be told, but this movie is, you know, mainstream popcorn blockbuster Star Wars film, you know, yeah. that it, it, he can't dwell too much on that stuff at times. So I do think that Finn's story and how powerful it is does go by the wayside a wee bit. I'll be interested, Nicky, because you have those criticisms of Finn's character in this movie that he progresses too quickly, you know, he's too quick to be able to use the lightsaber. Like, what do you think of, of Ray's arc in The Force Awakens then? I love Ray, mate. Love her. Love I her. absolutely love her. Because nice. from the from the get-go, you know that she's Force-sensitive. Oh, so, how? A New Hope, well, you just know, you can just tell. So, A New Hope, Luke is suddenly just can use like, lightsabers and stuff. And that's fine because you're like, well, he's going to become a Jedi. Mm. So he's obviously got these things in him that he is tuned into how to learn that. Yeah. And you presume that she's got like some form of like, I can't get the, can't Med- get the right one. Med- the she's got a high, high Medicorian count. No, yeah. what I mean is like the, the background <laughs> for it. You presume she's like, well, I presume she was going to be Obi-Wan's daughter, which yeah. she fucking should have been. And uh, so I, I mean, I loved it. I love the hang of her going. It's but again, like Scott was saying, it is just Luke Skywalker again. Into it's just a person that's going nowhere on this wee desert planet, and then suddenly they get brought into the thing. But then you could say that with literally anything, like games and all that, like Skyrim and stuff. That's what it is. You're a you're a nameless person, and then you become the hero. So that exactly. is just storytelling. Exactly, and I think I think that's the thing about Star Wars. George Lucas always said it was like poetry. You know, things repeating itself across this saga. Um, but I, I'll come to Scott for Thank this God one. he wasn't in charge, man. Have you heard his ideas? I know, I don't know his ideas. They are not God, it's, <laughs> not it's all about, It was going to be three films about Wills who, like, yeah. control midi-chlorians and all that. Oh, it just sounds <laughs> And he was just like, he was like, I know the fans would have hated it, but I was just going to make it anyway. <laughs> I love that so much. To be fair, that's, that's a rich man. That's just that's a, a rich man riding off of uh, goodwill for decades. Um, Scott, Nikki's brought up the comparison between Ray and Luke here, and I, I do have to say, I actually prefer Ray in a lot of ways in her first outing. She's a bit less whiny, you know, a bit less oh, sort of like so. doesn't want to do anything. Like, how do uh, you, you look back at Luke? He's a pain in the arse. He is a pain in the arse, uh, Scott. But Ray's a bit less of a pain in the arse, aren't you? <laughs> 
Oh yeah, like right from the start, she's surviving on her own, so you know she, there's something about her. And then, like the first sign of threat, she deals with that guy with the staff, and she's clearly capable. But mm. she's got something that Luke didn't have, and that there's Obi Wan there who's played his role in the story. And he's experienced, he knows a lot, and can be a good mentor. Whereas Ray is out there herself, and I feel like that. She's capable, yes, but she needs someone to actually kind of support her and teach her and put her on the right path and guide mm-hmm. her. And I feel like that is missing from Ray's origin. Like I can, I can see why you like Ray, but as a kind of again as an arc, it's best. I feel personally, it's better to have more people around instead of just look at her. She's amazing. She's going to do everything herself, kind of thing. Now, yeah, I get I get what you mean, and I think that could that could have been fixed though with uh, more scenes with Han. Uh, I do think yeah, there's yeah. a really good relationship that starts to develop between uh, Ray and Han in this movie, and it doesn't seem to be fleshed out. Like we get that scene with Kylo Ren, and he's like, "Oh, you feel that Han Solo was the father you never had," and I'm I'm thinking to myself, like, she's known the man for the space of one flight. You know, that's the equivalent <laughs> of me coming off the plane uh, to, to plenty Florida and be like, wow, I found my new dad. Like, Truffles, Truffles, that is exactly what you're like. What? You came back, you phoned me from Boston after a week and be like, oh, it's like family over here. We're just honest, we're just like one big dysfunctional family. That's exactly what you're <laughs> I can't believe you're coming on here after how many months away and just calling me out like that. This is our dynamic. Alan, this is our dynamic. To remind the viewers, this is our dynamic. Um, but <laughs> um, but I do like that relationship between Ray and Han. I just wish it was given more time to develop. Uh, someone else I wish it was given more time to develop is Mr. Poe Dameron, played by Oscar Isaac. I think Nicky st- starts the movie really well. Um, and I really like the stuff that he does in the opening. Seems like he's going to be a really important character. And then he just sort of gets left by the wayside for the rest of the film, doesn't he? I know, he's just, he's obviously just Han Solo, point two. Yeah. Just handsome guy, cool. He's meant to be like this, the guy that's got a wee bit, of, like, a wee bit about him, and then suddenly he's just not there. Yeah. And he's not got, like, it felt like it was really forced at the start of the movie, and then it just mm. kind of, like, they ran out of stuff, whereas Han Solo, it was just kind of natural that he was just, like, the, a leader. Mm. They could just like like tell for the start that he was like that, but I think Oscar Isaac was brilliant in it. To be fair, and in the movies after, I think he was one of the one like redeeming qualities about it. Yeah, to be fair, I do I do like that opening scene, but Scott he kind of sets the tone with the Disney era. Like he makes that what I call a, a Marvel style joke when Kylo Ren's staring down at him, and he's just like, uh, "Do I speak first or do you speak first? And I was I hate like, "Me, I hate that. I hate oh, it. I, I hate it so much." And I was kind of like, "Oh no!" But I do warm to him. And to be fair, Scott, it's good to have. You need that sort of like X-wing guy in these movies. You know what I mean? We all love our, our fucking space fights. You know, so it's it's good to have him there, but. Do, do you agree? Do you think he's sort of just undercooked a bit in The Force Awakens? I think that's just the tale with this whole trilogy. This movie, for me, sets up so much potential in almost every way. Good ideas and then just kind of, not even like pure, pure air. Hold, oh my God. Not <laughs> just execute, executed in a bad way, but just trails off until you're like, oh, I did that. What happened there? Are we not going to see any more of that? Okay. Yeah. It's just it's bizarre, but he he does have some great shots. I'm a fan of him. 
Uh, mm. But he's got a bad entrance to the movie with that joke, just like yeah. Mum joking uh, Last Jedi. But there's like obviously there's that shot of him and uh, when he first gets in his X-wing and he's taking out all these people and Finn's like, oh, what a good pilot. And that's that's a great shot. You need that someone cool, man. to be a kind of action hero. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think he's not Han Solo. Like, he's, he's, that, that's what Han happens Solo. when, they just, when good. they just follow a blueprint. They just go, hey, we get this yeah. guy, we get this guy and this guy, and then they have these ventures, and then we bring the old characters in. It's just never going to work because, See, like, as much as sorry, as much shite as Kanye West talks, right? He had a great point where he was talking about Star Wars, and he said the first movies look kisses his sister. He was like. If you if you suggest that to Disney, that's just off the table straight away. But you don't even <laughs> question that looking back on it. But it's just these corporate films that it needs to be perfect. And yeah. like everything just goes well. These corny wee jokes and every everyone's a hero and all that. And it's just, it's not just one guy's vision of this is what we're doing. Well, I think that's, the, yeah, uh, that's an issue. Look at how the prequels turned out. Like we know that like, objectively they're not great films. But like, I, I, still love love them, I love that set. Yeah, exactly. So I'm interested to see how it will go for people who grew up with these movies. As much and, as there's things to hate about the prequels, you don't ever look at it and go, I'm not having that. Whereas there's things, I know we're now going on to all the sequels, but I look at the sequels and go, I'm just, that's not what happens to me. Like, it's not yeah. all this stuff of just bringing Palpatine back. I'm just not having that. Because it's just shite. Just well, total shy. You can just imagine all these people in a boardroom going, hey, is she Kenobi's daughter or is she related to Anakin or something to do with Luke? Or will we just bring her back? Will we bring back Palpatine? There's just not one guy going, this is who she is and that's it. I, I do think there, there's something to be said because I'll disagree with what you say slightly because you say that these big corporate movies you can't have just like one guy's vision and stuff like that. We've Kevin seen that Feige we can. Get him in. Well, well, we've seen that we can. First of all, the MCU with Kevin Feige being the strong leader at the head. But my that point shit. is that they look at him and go, right, we'll just do what he does. But no, they but then a person like him, they do. They just sorts out. They really do now in uh, John Favreau, you know. But like, at that point. That, that's what I'm saying, though. Like they've made the, mistakes again, that can so be corrected. But the problem with Disney now is you see all like that people that are fans of Disney now saying, "I'll get Dave Filoni and John Favreau to replace Kathleen Kennedy." Like, why would you want that? What? Why in any way would you want them dealing with things like budgets? Get well, them I think to just write thing, movies, and that's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. You need I. I think Kathleen Kennedy gets a lot of undue. She does the thankless tasks. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. She is a legend. See if you look and at gets her work. Fucking, and gets blamed for things that are not in her control or in here's, her like, jurisdiction. Here's the movies that Kathleen Kennedy has been a producer from E.T., Jurassic Park. Um, it, Jurassic Park 3, I was about to name, that's not. That's not named Jurassic Park 3. <laughs> well, exactly. Uh, she's not Indiana like a producer Jones, anymore, though. She's an executive now. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I think, I think that's the She's a business with. person. She is the executive of Lucasfilm, but Lucasfilm is also at the mercy of the Walt Disney Corporation. And Disney played a lot of money for Star Wars to get make sure they got their investment back. So, yes, she is at the helm of it, and she's the poster child for Star Wars, and she knows what's happening in Star Wars, but she also answers to other people. You know, it has That's to exactly work for point. other people. And my point is, why would you want Dave Filoni and John Favreau on that? Whereas you want them working against these things to have what? their vision. I think, close to Kevin Feige as you'll get. I think one thing to say about Vision, though, is like uh, we have seen Star Wars movies, uh, uh, even after I'd argued in the sequel trilogy, with a stronger narrative vision. So does it come to maybe J.J. Abrams? And I'm going to say give two sides of this coin. I'll go to Scott first. Scott, I was very impressed when this movie came out. 
at how good it looked, though. Like, because there's one yeah, thing to be said about the Force Awakens that he has a really, really good visual style with it. Well, I see at the very, very start, and all the stormtroopers come in, and Kylo Ren comes in, and it's it feels kind of darker already, and things are a wee bit more punchy and stuff like that. And they've got that great mix between practical effects and CGI, and um, it's just yeah, it is top tier. It looks amazing, and every movie that they do looks even better. And it is the best looking stuff. In fact, no, no, no. I think Rogue One is the best looking Star Wars movie. Fair. But this is uh, this is very, very good. It's not leaning uh, one way to heavy. It seems to be a brilliant balance with what? getting it right. Wait. Like the costumes alone, like you, you've we've talked about the issues with the costumes. But... Kylo Ren takes his helmet off far too early. Do you think so? Because it's more than yeah. halfway through the movie. Like, but Should I was thinking about this. For me. Should have Do been you... helmet the whole way. I don't think so. I don't think he should have taken it off in front of Ray or Snoke. But I do think you need to have it off at the hand solo. But maybe. Maybe. You know, so so we can see the like. I think it'd have been cooler to have it on during Han Solo thing, because then it's Han Solo like feels his son rather than looking at him. Yeah, I've never I, thought about that. Yeah, I you know, and first thought, I think maybe Nicky's right with keeping him masked and having that. Imagine uh, having Han Solo talking to that masked figure that has his son inside it that he knows his son's in there and he's trying to bring him out. Yeah, but then you don't get the, you know, I think Adam Driver's acting in that bit is sublime. To be honest, I think it's one of the best pieces. Do you know what I loved about Kylo Ren though? His lightsaber. There's loads of close-ups of his lightsaber when it looks more evil than any other, like any of the Sith's lightsabers did. It looks furious. It looks, it like, looks like it's it bursting with anger. all the time. Yeah, it, it and fits I his character that. really well, as well. Like it's just not controlled, and it's it's like you said, angry, and he's just he's not really got a set path. He's just like all over the place, and it's got sparks flying off it and all that. But one of the things I like about Kylo Ren as well is that, like, seeing Last Jedi and uh-huh. looks, look does that, I'm projecting myself across the universe thing, and people are like, that's not in the Force, or whatever. And Leia does the the kind of Mary Poppins thing. As well. <laughs> that, that's terrible. <laughs> like, that's not in the Force. But see, at the start of this movie, and he uses that, uh, like, kind of stasis thing. Yeah, oh, no, you don't. Right away, you're like, okay, that's cool. It's a simple idea or whatever, that I think is the best um, introdu- like introductory thing of both. like a new power just set up perfectly right off the bat, and it, I don't think anyone really contends with that. Yeah. Whereas, I, I, mate, exactly because yeah. if you, you didn't look at Darth Vader choking something, go, oh, how can he do that? He just go right, that's just something he can do. But Leia just looked stupid flying through there. <laughs> we'll leave that. that. We'll leave that for powerful. the last Jedi crew. But um, Tough, don't I, try and tell us. Don't try and censor the boys. <laughs> censor the boys. Don't try and censor the boys. <laughs> I, I, do, I do. Where do you think Kylo? Because I think he's an extremely capable bad guy in this movie. Where do you think he ranks among all-time great Star Wars villains? Um, not near the top. No. Darth Maul for me, mate, then Vader. I'd go Darth opposite. Maul I'd go Vader. The king for me, mate. Darth Maul, when you're watching the Clone Wars, this is the thing, there's a lot to be said for TV shows. Because, yeah. as you know, I've been watching The Sopranos recently, mm-hmm. and it is like a movie, but there's so much more time. 
So say like if you got a camera. Mickey like explaining right. TV to aliens. <laughs> well, if you don't mate, know what a TV show get, is, it's like I a bet, movie I mean, but longer. Christopher that's in the Sopranos, mate. If the Sopranos is a movie, you would know nothing about him. Nothing. Right. Yeah. So like the Clone Wars, Phantom Menace, you know nothing about Darth Maul. But with but um, Fan, I Phantom Menace, but then with the Clone Wars, you then get this all this time to explain what he's actually like, to see what his emotions are like. He's not yeah. just this assassin. He is like in pain and has been like trained by Palpatine to just feel nothing but hatred for the Jedi. Yeah. I don't you get that with Kylo Ren because there's not enough time. So see, like, I've read a few of the Kylo Ren comics and there's see the Knights of Ren. Yeah. There's so much more time to explain them and then when it gets to like Rise of Skywalker kind of time, it, when he or is it Last Jedi? One of the ones where he starts killing them. It seems so much more like poignant because you know what they've done for him. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things I actually like the mystery surrounding Kylo in this movie and how we don't really know anything about his backstory. We don't know about the Knights of Ren. We don't know how, you know, he left uh, his parents, you know, and, and went with Snoke. But it, it comes down to the fact that it wasn't paid off in the future. You know, I think a lot of the goodwill I had for this movie and, you know, saying that's really cool, that set this up, you know, that's really cool, that'll be answered later. And then in hindsight, knowing where it all goes, it kind of spoils it a bit and makes me more frustrated on a rewatch, you know, because... I really think The Force Awakens as an individual film it is very, very strong, but it is the start of something that was squandered uh, well, from there on in, I think, to an extent, from a trilogy point see, of view. See, when I go and watch a film, I tend to enjoy it. I need to go back and watch it. And I just like being in the cinema. I like seeing something new. The only one I remember at the time proper criticising was uh, Toph. He was like, that was shite. He was like, that was just a new hope again. There's just this big weapon and you need to destroy it. But I was kind of yeah. like, well, but it was Star Wars. So I mean, like, I was just happy to have Star Wars again. Then when I actually properly watched it, I was like, there's so much wrong with this. Well, that's, I'll come to Scott on that point, because Scott, like, remember where we came from, so to speak. Like, the last movie that came out before this was the Clone Wars animated film in cinema. Uh, and before that, we we had the prequel trilogy, which, while, you know, we have a soft spot for, weren't critically well received. So do you think it was probably smart, though, on Disney's part to go back and try and, you know, restore the Star Wars that sort of older fans loved and wanted to see? I was going to ask you to that actually. It's, I'm somewhere between uh, you and Nikki where it's it's disappointing. Mean was on opposite ends at all, at all points. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like Chris's. I can see where Chris is coming from, and so many other people say the same thing. And it, it's comical when they're like, "Oh, so it's another Death Star," and he's like, <laughs> "It's not another Death Star," and he brings up just a larger. Circle and you're like, it's <laughs> Mate, and, but uh, even, in, even in the first trilogy, that's just, it's the same. Like, Empire Strikes Back, like, we'll just build another one, but you can still destroy it with that big circle. You're like, surely yeah. somebody would have went here, don't put the circle in. <laughs> and, I, and I'm just like, okay, I, there's a lot of things wrong with this movie, not to the point where it, it ruins it completely for me. I think this is an okay movie, like, bang in the middle, okay, but. It's a, it's a case of, do you think Disney were forced to start here? Is there a better point they could have picked things up? Because like you said, uh, the previous uh, were in 2005. They've had 10 years to release this. And they're playing so heavily on nostalgia 
to bring people back to Star Wars. So, because if they started somewhere else, like say the Old Republic, a lot of people will just be like, uh, I don't really know about that. I don't know about this, uh, anything to do with the Old Republic or that. It probably wouldn't have like garnered back as much of an audience as putting in the old favourites. Mm, so, it's a ask good transition. You, I was, I was going to ask you if this wasn't a Star Wars film. Do you actually like, would even be discussing this again? I think it'd be one of the most forgettable like, attempts at a franchise that could ever be. I think it just rides back on the fact that it's Star Wars, and you've got Star Wars fans like us that will just watch it regardless of what happens. They could release sixteen terrible movies. I'll still love it. Yeah, I think so. That's a good I, point, think, I, think, I think you're right, but like, it does play nostalgia, and I, I do think they use nostalgia really well. Like one of the shining lights in this movie for me. Uh, whether he wanted to be there or not is another question, but Harrison Ford coming back uh, is Han Solo. I thought he was... That's why he's good, mate. Even if he doesn't want to be there, he still seems like... Because he is Han Solo. What was your favourite yeah. Han Solo mo- moment from this movie, Nicky? Um, hmm. Probably that one where they get back to the Millennium Falcon. Yeah? True, yeah, home. I didn't like... Do you know what I didn't like? was the Scottish guy that was on it. That took, I love, that just, mate, I love him. That's my favourite part of the movie. He's like, but oh, I, I never like made that. a deal with Kenja Club. And the guy's like, tell I like that, that big Club. monster that was in it. I'd, I'd kind of forgot about that until I rewatched it. Aye. I'd kind of Aye. forgot about the monster. Then I was like, I wonder <laughs> if they've dealt with this before. <laughs> I think, um, well, they managed to get them on the fucking plane, which is impressive in the, in the first instance. But with something about this, I actually think... Alden Ehrenreich, I don't think, watched the original movies. I think he bases his solo Han Solo off of this Han Solo, because he seems, Harrison Ford seems to be like more slapstick in this than he is like in any other movie. Like, he doesn't mind taking the piss out of himself as much. Like, when the, the other club yeah. come in, he's like, good to see you. It's like, it's absolutely insane. Or when, uh, I wouldn't say all the moments, Scott, do you have any other Han Solo moments in this movie that you, you took your fancy? I actually like him and Finn. I think they pair quite well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think all the old cast of the high performances. Obviously, Luke doesn't say a word in this. I mean, in like, the later part of the trilogies. But um, Han Solo has a, obviously plays a big part. And I think he's um, acting is very, very good in this. Yeah, when, uh, he's when a big part to this movie, obviously. Oh, man, see when he tells Finn off uh, for he's like, so what did you do here? And he's like sanitation, and he just gets absolutely outraged. Yeah, he's raging at that point. And then he's like, well, use the Finn's like John Boyoga put plays it perfectly as well because he says it like so seriously, like. John, yes, John Boy. Is that John Boyega? Shut up, shut up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, and then <laughs> he's like, "We use the force," and he's like, "That's not how the force works." It's absolutely amazing. But uh, Scott's right; he does have those most serious moments as well, such as that speech he gives him um, about the Jedi, the Sith, uh, the light and the dark, all of it, all of it's real, uh, and the Falcon uh, is a really cool moment. Uh, considering where Han came from in a new horp, hope saying it's a new horp, uh, pointing that one out as well. Uh, saying it's a little bit of a nightmare here. My lips are pure dry, not so pure dry. Um, but, you know, Scott's pointed <laughs> out, you know, we don't get a lot of look in this movie, but we do get to see Leia as well, obviously, uh, one of the last performances in the end of the, the late great Carrie Fisher. Um, Nikki, what did you think about the return of Leia here? Not much. To be honest, I've never been that big a Leia fan. I'm much more of a um, Padme fan, to be honest. Not that they're, not that they're exclusive, obviously. Get out. <laughs> but, Actually, but, get out of here. 
Yeah, I've never been that big a Leah fan, mate. I just she always irritated me. So when I first watched it when I was younger, I just remember when she goes, You're a bit short for a stormtrooper. I was like, You ungrateful fucking <laughs> idiot. They've <laughs> came to rescue you. <laughs> I mean, you're great. And the whole time I was like, Say something back to her. Say you're a bit ugly for a princess then. I mean like just fucking say something back. It used to drive me mental. Like, it's oh. probably sad that that's what I got preoccupied on, but it, made, it like, infuriated me. Jesus Christ. Scott, did you like uh, Leah in this film? I mean, she's all right. She, <laughs> she hugs the wrong person. But Scott, you, you had go. so long to think of that when I was away doing a pee. And you've came you're out such, you're she's such all right. a bastard. You're such a all right. bastard. I don't know what you want me to say about it. <laughs> it's five minutes late and just went, she's all right. <laughs> there isn't much to say about it. Yeah. I don't even remember what she does. I've never she gives Hannah about enough time, did she? And then that's it. Aye. I see, yeah. after all that as well, you're like, oh, the big reunion. It was quite good, I thought, because it wasn't like this thing of like they're so happy to see each other. It was like realistic of they've been through so much. Yeah. That it's just awkward. Yeah, it's melancholy. It's almost melancholy. It's, um, it's what I probably presume it was like when they were getting back together to do the movie, when it was like, right. Well, let's do this thing again. I think it was the I think it's opposite. I think off screen they're like fucking thieves from what I've heard. Yeah, I um, think Mark Hamill is the man. Yeah. I just think he like everything he that's why I felt so bad. I know you do not want us to talk about it. So I felt so bad from the last Jedi. I just think he just wants to please the fans. He just loves like yeah. performing. Everything he does, like see when he's a joker and and Batman and the Arkham games and that, he's yeah. so good. He's passionate. He's a passionate guy. He puts everything in. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I love, I love Mark Hamill. Um, I think Mark Hamill, one of the most important people to Star Wars of all time. But another person who's extremely important to Star Wars and probably, you know, it wouldn't be as successful as it is today uh, without John Williams. Um, and I think that the music in this movie is fucking insane. Uh, wouldn't you agree, gentlemen? Uh, I don't really remember remember noticing the music that much. Fuck. That's what I was going to do. Just like, ah, oh, it's alright. Fuck yeah. off. It's alright. I'm trying to think what I really like and disliked about this film. But I just uh, think it's a kind of nothing-y film. Yeah. It's like a kind of like, ah, it was all good. You're bringing me down, actually. Even getting John Williams back, you could, you could move things on. Nah. Just change I, I, things. I disagree. Uh, you can get, you know, they got different composers for like, so Rogue One and all that and give it its different feel and we've seen uh, what can be done with Star Wars music with the innovation we've got in The Mandalorian um, the, the music in that is fucking insane but this is uh, a main canon Star Wars movie you're bringing back Han, you're bringing back Leia you're bringing back Chewie you're bringing back Luke to an extent you know, I don't think you're critical enough Truffles I'm not because sometimes I can't see past Star Wars I want to love st- all my Star Wars that I get and even but the ones mate, I I just wonder if in the years to come we'll go look back at the sequels and go to you know what they were actually quite good because the way people did with the prequels, but like, everyone yeah. hated it. But now, mate, I, like I'll never like I, as Scott said earlier, I know the prequels aren't good movies, but they came out when we were like really young. Like we all we yeah. were all at the cinema probably to see every one of them, and it was like your first real experience of Star Wars. Yeah, so that think... changes your whole life. I remember the feeling of seeing Darth Maul, and then everything that probably explains why I'm like what I'm like. I was obsessed with Darth Maul, like. A, a Darth Maul <laughs> that's what I'm like and all that. I'm like what I'm like yeah. and so everyone else is written kill. for Obi-Wan and all that and I'm like yes 
you know, it does, it does come into like Star Wars or it's, big, it's bigger than just a movie we talked about, like the experience of going to see this one for the first time, you know. And it's I that think, was cool because that was all of us as when you're kind of being adults come with your pals to see it. The same exactly. as like, me, you, and Ryan went to see the first Quentin Tarantino movie when, I, when we were 18. Exactly. It was like an experience. So, like, right, we've watched these for years. Now you're going to see it by yourself. And there is a the Star Wars is like I said, it's bigger than just a movie. There's a nostalgia and there's a connection that's forged, you know, through it. You know, and I think those experiences that Star Wars brings. That's why I love the TV stuff. I've loved the Mandalorian, and part of that has been like we get we were talking about it every week. You know, it's something we're excited about together. And I think there's not there's not a movie franchise out there. Well, I'm trying to say that brings people together in the way Star Wars does. I and never, I think me and Spain Scott go out for walks a lot in that. And I don't think we ever meet up without talking about Star Wars. Right, right, exactly. And I think that, do you remember how excited like the world was for this movie coming out? Like, it was like, I, don't, I can't remember hype around another movie except maybe Avengers Endgame than this. See, know? I don't see much of the Avengers Endgame's type because I don't really like pay attention to it so it doesn't really like, mean anything to me yeah and Star Wars hype I think was just another level it was it was because you've got all like Avengers it's hard because people haven't like grown up with that as much as they've grown up with the characters not the movies but it's like some people ages. have though some people there's have there's guys that are in like the like their fucking 70s and stuff that are like that love Star Wars yeah but that like, have loved it for years you think about the MCU like people it started in 2008 you know, when it was like 2018. Uh, Star Wars movie started in the 70s. No, but that's, that's the same, that there will still be kids who seen Iron Man, you know, when they were eight, and then get to go with us to that big movie, Avengers Ed came with their pals when they're 18. You know, nah, and do that you same guys thing. Like me that seen Iron Man when I was 12, and I've never had an interest in Marvel movies. Yeah, fair, because you're a curmudgeon. Uh, I, don't Scott, know why I, don't like, I don't know why I don't like them, but I just, it's just not my thing. Fair. Fair. Scott, I'm going to come to you for a score out of 10 here on The Force Awakens. Are we still doing that in this piece of shit? Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah we are. You fucking mongrel. Uh, Scott, Whoa. score out of 10. Whoa, I don't need to be edited out. Uh, what the hell? I'm going to go a 6 or a 7. 6 or a 7? That's good. Good you commit. Uh, Nicky, what do you think? Uh, 6. 6. I'm going to go for... Yeah, and it's the highest of all the... What did you go, sorry? I'm going to go for a solid 8. Solid eight. Fucking fuck off. It's the highest of all the sequels for me, though. That mm. strong six. I disagree, maybe. Um, but I'll let, I'll let the I'll let the last Jedi people uh, decide that for themselves. Truffles, do you if you see the last, I will last Jedi? I will never forgive one. Ryan Johnson. I will never forgive him. And what <laughs> made it so much worse was I hated him already. Right, personally hated him. Then there was I I, I didn't like Great Man right. But I was like, I was maintaining and watching it. Then it got to this episode where there's a fly in his lab and he's yeah. like obsessed with getting it. Yeah, I'm familiar. And I just was like, I'm not watching another episode of this shit. I was like, I can't <laughs> do this. That is taking the piss. And then you told me it was Ryan Johnson that directed <laughs> that one. And I was honestly like, and you furious. told me, I was like, somehow this is my fault. He's done this twice. <laughs> this he? like, he's done it twice. He's done it twice. He's fucking ruined things. Oh. He's just a smart ass. Knives Out, however, is fucking brilliant. Yeah. So he can yeah. obviously, if he's given his own thing, he is brilliant. But it's taken other things. He's a smart ass. Yeah. 
Well, moving on uh, from, from that to the news, uh, Chris Evans may return as Captain America in a future future MCU project. Um, it was reported that Evans will be signed on to return uh, in a couple of cameos as Captain America. Um, Chris Evans is, so I'm not denying the rumours, but they're still quite strong, come from sources like uh, Deadline uh, and Collider, and a lot of people are picking up this as fact. Um, Scott, I think this plays into a larger thing with bigger franchises. When they kill off a character, or they give a character a really good ending... Oh, spoiler alert. Can't they just leave... (laughs) Can't they just leave that character well enough alone, do you think? Nah. No. And they should, because it was a good send-off, but um, I'm kind of similar to Nicky in the way that I don't really, I'm not too fussed over Marvel, so I appreciate what it's done for movies and all that, but I'm I'm not going to rush and go see a new Captain America thing. Mm-hmm. It's the same as Star Wars. I can't imagine someone else being that. Once back to uh, Star uh, Wars criticism, that, exactly what Scott was saying, they don't leave it deaths alone so see now in Star Wars right um, this is spoilers for anyone who's not seen Rise of Skywalker you mm-hmm. think Chewbacca's dead at one point I just sat didn't give a fuck because I was like he's obviously fine because deaths just don't happen in Star Wars anymore Yeah, everyone just comes back just shrugged my shoulders I was like he's obviously alright because yeah. they, they, they can't just leave things alone Boba Fett's now back fucking there's talk of Mace Windu coming back you're just like just stop just give us new characters. I mean, if you want to criticise Boba Fett's return, watch the fucking show. Me and Scott will have none of that. Um, <laughs> I've, seen, mate, I've seen the glorious return. Michael showed me his video of his return, and he looks like everything you've been told that he is for years. But they don't. They don't need to get new characters. Boba Fett's maybe an exception because I don't think he was used well enough in the original right. films. Mm-hmm. But. Mace Windu, mate. You don't, you don't need Mace Windu oh, back. Well, thank God anything, he's not back. Just yeah. get a younger actor to play him and just play him before he becomes like this established Jedi in the Council. Do you honestly think Samuel Jackson would let that happen? If you honestly think that Samuel Jackson would let anyone else Well, mate, Samuel play that Jackson character? said that he wanted to play Django, but he was too old. Had to let it go to Jamie Foxx. It's just know. shit happens, mate. Still got in the movie though, you know. But uh, I, I just want to say personally, I think it would be a mistake uh, for Chris Evans to be brought back. I think Chris Evans is a really strong actor, and um, really good presence. Uh, you talked about nice yeah, out, Nicky. as well. Oh, fuck off! Uh, you talked about nice out earlier. Um, anyway, I think he was really good in nice out. Um, he has a I don't remember feature. anyone in nice out apart from um, was uh, Daniel Craig. Daniel he's, Craig, he's fucking brilliant, man. Who was the woman for Freaky Friday? Uh, Jamie Lee, Jamie Lee Jamie Curtis. Curtis. He's a Freak, Scott, uh, he's hold on. Nobody has ever called her the woman from the <laughs> 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 That's a generational That's a generational <laughs> thing. That's a generational thing for me. She's Laurie Strode from Halloween and always will be. No, um, she's the woman for a fish called Wanda. Or um, True Romance. Not True Romance. True Lies. That's I, th- film she's I in. think we've just, all three of us have showed our personalities off with this. What do we know Jamie Lee Curtis from? You know, Scott's been like Halloween is obviously the, the, the normal answer. Yeah, I pick my horror buff uh, answer. You know, I love a good horror film. So, uh, but I'll Fish also love Wonder for me. She's hilarious, isn't it? She's a great in a fish called Wonder, to be fair. Scott, have you seen a fish called Wonder? No, I have not. You should check it. Oh, it is it's John Cleese, Michael Palin, brilliant. Just, it's brilliant. I went straight away. 
You're on to a win. You're on to a win, son. Uh, who else might be on to a win? It's Damien Chazelle. Um, he is directing a Hollywood epic uh, called Babylon. Uh, it has been delayed to 2022. Um, it will be at Paramount Pictures. Uh, Paramount have obviously produced his last three movies, which were Whiplash, La La Land, and First Man. I love Whiplash. Yeah, Whiplash is insanely good. There. But this movie... Uh, will be set in Hollywood during the 1920s uh, as Tinseltown is on the cusp of transitioning from the silent era to talkies. Uh, it follows a number of Hollywood fi- figures, both historical and fictional, um, and Brad Pitt will be in the lead role and Margot Robbie is uh, in talks to co-star. She, Emma Stone, was originally uh, set to fill that position, but she is being replaced uh, by Margot Robbie. Uh, Nikki, you've just said you love Whiplash. Are you excited about this uh, Damien Chazelle project, just from what you're hearing? Well, I've never watched any other of his movies, so I didn't really know who made Whiplash, but I absolutely love Whiplash. Mm. I just think, I don't know, I just want to talk about Whiplash now. It's fucking brilliant. <laughs> if, anyone, if anyone's not seen Whiplash, go and watch it. Yeah. It's absolutely amazing. Yeah. And there's, uh, oh, there's, that, who's the guy, Truffles, who's the guy who had a late night show, Stephen something? Stephen Colbert? Yeah, he was talking about it and he said, I've got friends that say, oh yeah, but that's not how you learn jazz. And he was like, yeah, well, Rocky's not how you learn to box. <laughs> it's like, it's a fucking good movie. It's like, you don't punch raw meat, but it's a fucking good By, movie. By the way, I'm taking that as your stand-up comedian reference for the episode. Stephen Colbert's done comedy. Stephen Colbert was not a stand-up comedian. Mate. Do you know how you know that these people are not stand-up comedians? Was I watched a couple of late-night shows during the lockdown. Yeah. Oh my God, they are terrible. They still pause for the audience and there's yes. no audience there. So they're just like, how about that? Plain food. And then there's this silence. And you're like, these jokes are fucking terrible. Right, listen, listen. <laughs> I, you got, Scott, what do you think? Have you seen Whiplash, La La Land, First Man, fan of any of those? None of them. None fan of them. Mate, Scott, fan, watch fan Whiplash. Pitt. It's amazing. Scott, I'm not going to. Fan of Brad Pitt, Scott. What? Do you fancy Brad Pitt, he said? No, you're a fan of Brad Pitt. (laughs) He's already. Well, fancies, yes, obviously. Of course. Right, enough, enough of fancying Brad Pitt. All right, it does. It is he great? <laughs> I fancy him in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I'll, I'll give you that. Who I'll doesn't? Give you that. Because that is the coolest movie costume of the of the twenty first century. That iconic hey, that, white t shirt with a yellow t shirt. He's standing there. If you're just like, how like you could get the most handsome guy on the planet to do that same thing. He's still not Brad Pitt. Nah, there's just something cool about him. It's just cool, isn't he? Just a cool Aye. bastard. Anyway, we're all buzzing for this movie purely on Brad Pitt and not Margot Robbie. Uh, that's What's what the film? I don't know if I'm jumping the gun here on your news. There's a film that get announced that's got like Christian Bale and fucking loads and loads of other actors in it. Let me look, look it up quickly. Yeah, was this, this is annoying one? me recently of these films that just have massive casts. I, I think it, look, this is the David O. Russell movie um, that he's got De Niro's in it. Uh, Mike Myers, yes. Timothy Lothan, Michael Shannon, Chris Rock, and Anya Taylor Joy. Nice film: Christian Bale, Margot Robbie, John David Washington, Remy Malik, Zoe Saldana, um, yeah. Robert De Niro, Mike Myers, Michael Shannon, Chris Rock, Anya Taylor Joy. I mean, it's a secret project. We don't point? we don't know what that's about. Uh, and you add the guy one as well. It's got loads of people in it. Like, yeah. Like, oh, oh, you mean the Timothy Chalamet? Ah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I like. Ah, really looking forward to that one. Pick a fucking winner away. Timothy Shalomi is good, right? He's he's no Leonardo DiCaprio. 
Uh, um, <laughs> truffles come on you make Scott uncomfortable now I'm making Scott uncomfortable okay um, but what, why do you silence have, why is deafening why do you have a problem he's always quiet why do you have why do you have a problem with these movies with big casting because I think you should be bringing through new talent I think it's pointless having all these people like we've got Christian Bale massive actor even yeah. then down to the bottom of that list Anya Taylor-Joy is fucking killing it now Yes. What's the point in having her away down the bottom of this list of massive established actors when she's just been the lead in an amazing series? But you look at it, she's done the lead in an amazing series, right, which maybe some people might not have seen, but these people who go to the cinema are like, oh, I'll go and see the new Leo movie, right? Any actor who's in that, they then recognise in something else. So surely it's good for her career from that perspective. No, I don't agree. So I don't think someone like Leo ever had to Hang on the coattails of other people. He was in a film when he was still pretty young, catch me if you can, with Tom Hanks, and he was a star. Yeah, but before he'd done stuff before that, though. He'd done Titanic, he'd done Romeo and Juliet, and um, he'd done what's, what, what's Eating Gilbert Grape. Um, was basically was, the main man in that. He was fucking brilliant. Isn't it? I think you're twisting the narrative with that one a wee bit. You know, but, but you like, just named three films, two of which he was the main character. <laughs> Okay, um, but the Adam McKay one uh, gets me going. I, I think, love Adam uh, McKay. Adam McKay um, we've got Don't Look Up. It's called. You got Meryl Streep, Rob Morgan, Kate Blanchett, uh, Jonah Hill, Timothy Chalamet, Ariana Grande, Kid Cudi, Matthew Perry, um, DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, and Chris Timothy Evans. Chalamet and Ariana Grande. Awkward. He's best friends with Pete Davidson. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and our last so Kid Cudi and our last stand up comedian reference of the day no, well if you want to get the Kid Cudi mate you know I love him as well yeah <laughs> we're going to get he's to absolutely this. surprisingly good at acting and his first thing he was in he was awkward now he's actually really good yeah good that's so a good prediction it's good progression. Well, hey, bad to good is good. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to do the last <laughs> story now. Is that okay? You I'm wanted to be bad to good. I'm going to move on to the last news story now. Um, <laughs> Scott, I'm going to come to you with this one. Ben Affleck is called uh, Kevin Feige uh, the best uh, movie producer of all time. Um, we've talked about the Marvel movies. You said you're not a big fan uh, personally, but you do have to respect what you know Kevin Feige's done overall at Marvel, while maybe also saying that Ben Affleck has been a bit hyperbolic with what he's saying there? Uh, <laughs> sure. I, I, uh, he does deserve a lot of respect, definitely. As not a lot of people, well, obviously no one's pulled it off before. No one's thought to. So, yeah, definitely a lot of respect. Yeah, Nicky. Yeah. Respect. Um, I mean, obviously... How are you going to look at a guy that's made that many movies and basically turned a franchise that was to sell toys into the biggest thing in the world now? Yeah. Like, I mean, yes. And he's a guy that just does what his fans want. It's has nothing to do with what he thinks or anything. It's to do with what the fans want and what is going to make money as well. Yeah. And he's done that. You know, he's done an exceptional job. Um, obviously, MCU will return uh, with WandaVision. Uh, you can check out, uh, this goes out on Saturday. You'll be listening to it then. Uh, the FTTV's review of WandaVision will be weekly. So check everything out over there. Uh, myself, Mr. Jack Higgins and Torres. Uh, Mr. Jack a, Higgins. A, a man who was successful in the Star Wars trivia gauntlet. Did he win, eh? Unlike, well, it was I successful. Oh, my God. 
it. Listen, it was nice. It was nice to have <laughs> nice to have Nicky back for this show. Did you not say um, we're going to discuss that Elon Musk thing that I sent you? No, no, not anymore. I think well, you. Okay. The go- I think the goose has been cooked, uh, and you've had your chance. <laughs> so <laughs> fuck you. Anyway, we will be back next time with the last Jedi, when a different panel uh, will be discussing the the Star War. Hopefully, um, a bit more uh, happy. Um, yeah, the last Jedi shit. Yeah. Yep. Thank yep. you for that. Thank you for that. Uh, Scott, we will see you back again when the next Star Wars TV show is out. Looking forward to it. Uh, the Boba Fett thing? No, yeah. Scott, just tell the truth. I think Boba Fett and then the Bad Batch might be before that as well. Uh, I'm not too fussed about the Bad Batch. I'm not looking forward to the Bad Batch. Anyway, Nicky, it was a pleasure having you back. You'll be back Truffles. next month, I think. You're not looks happy like, to have me back, but thanks. Looks like coming by your name might be uh, your episode next ah, that month. Was my, so. That was my um, suggestion. Looking forward to it. Yeah, AJ will be hosting it, but yeah, yeah, yeah it's a good time. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've enjoyed myself. I, there's nothing I like more than bickering me. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. I enjoy winning arguments with you as well. Anyway, until next time, we'll see you later on. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, see you.